Okay. Well, let's let's take these to the Lord in prayer this morning. Wow, this is we will. This is loud now, but thank you for the turn up. Lord, I thank you, Lord God, for your grace and mercy. I pray, Lord, that you would move, that you, Lord God, would comfort this family, Lord God, that you would be, Lord God, as you always are, a very present help in time of need. And I ask, Lord, that those who need, Lord God, this comfort in this family, that they would reach out to you, Lord, and you would turn the situation to your glory. I pray, Lord God, that you would guide, Lord God, in every matter of our life, Lord God, with Ruth, with her real estate decisions, Lord. I pray that you would lead her, Lord, that you would guide her, that you would be with her, that your perfect will would be done in this situation. Lord, we thank you. We pray for um, Philip right now. Lord, we just ask that you would touch him, Lord God, that you would heal this cancerous growth in his body in the name of Jesus. We speak faith to this cancer in the name of Jesus, Lord. I pray, Father, that every cancerous cell would be eliminated, so much so that the doctors say, it seems we have made a mistake. It was not cancerous. Lord, I just ask that it would be dissolved in the name of Jesus, that the first blast of radiation, that the first endowment of chemotherapy, Lord, that it would just be gone in the name of Jesus. Jesus, for cancer is not your will, and we thank you, Lord God, for your healing and your mercy today. We ask, Lord God, that you would open our ears to hear, eyes to see, God. Let us receive your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, before we get started, it's just too dark in here. I have to get a light source. Okay? Just can't function in this level of darkness. Yeah, I'm going to have to. See, I got, unless I grew another hand and it didn't happen. <laughs> I was thinking yeah. three hands. Uh-huh. Okay, drop it in there. Get some light on in the place. Woo, that's good. So much better. I can see what I'm doing now. It's amazing. Great day in the morning. Okay, better. Okay, as we get started today, we are um, we're going to talk about the light. The Word of God says in, and I'll pull it up because I did not forget my phone today. The Word of God says in, let me get there, Luke 8 and 16, no one lights a lamp and hides it in a clay jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, they put it on a stand so that those who come in may see the light. I believe that we are entering into a day and today's the day. I believe that the day has been here for a long time. But since the world has been and since the fall of man, I believe that God has been inviting humanity to step into the light. Inviting humanity to step into the light. Not some version. Now, I know in churches we've had a measure of religious light. The problem with religious light is it is an artificial light. It's a light that can only illuminate an exterior sense. It's a light that can only illuminate the mind. It's a light that is often like Moses' light. What was Moses' light like? It was a light of commandments, of Torah, of instruction. But that light was on tablets of stone. They were external instruction. Moses administered that covenant, but that covenant was not God's ultimate ideal light. It was to bring us into the reality of the light that he wanted. It was not a way until another way came. There was always the only way, which is Christ. The Bible says that Jesus was slain from the foundation of the earth or the world. Now, when it says that Jesus was slain from the foundation of the earth, we all hear that and we say, okay, when the foundation of the earth was laid, right? And that may, that's true. I don't despite, dispute that. But if you study the word foundation in its original language, foundation can also mean a falling down or a throwing down. So what we're looking at there is another way to look at that is Jesus was slain from the fall 
of the earth. I mean, it's just, it's just in the Greek. You can go look. Or where's that? He was slain. Yeah, it's in the Greek. I mean, it's just what it, it's when you read the Greek in the lexicon, it's there. Now, I'm not saying that, that the, very, the very reason for sal- the, uh, of the earth's creation was to bring forth the sons and daughters of God. That's the whole reason. Ephesians says that. Ephesians says that creation was made for one purpose, to manifest, to bring forth the creation of the sons and daughters of God. And it, it's not by chance that Paul says in Romans 8 that all creation is groaning is probably the way you've read it. One translation says that all creation is on tiptoe, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. In other words, all creation is is reaching out for the manifestation of the sons of God. And so this light, this light of what our purpose has been, has been trying to break down the door of our darkened understanding since the fall of the earth. Beating. Let the light in. Let the light in. And Jesus, the amazing teacher he was, he said, No man lights a light and then puts it under a clay vessel, a clay jar. But he puts a light so that it gives illumination to the house. Jesus has come to turn the light on in our clay vessel. Not to have us smother the light, but to have the light be brought forth into every area of our darkened understanding. The word darkness in the Bible, it's skotos. Skotos, skotos. It means darkened understanding. Now you say, no, no, it means evil things. Well, it, you know what darkened understanding produces nine times out of nine times? Evil things. See, that's where we get again. We want to deal with symptoms and not cure. I mean, you bring someone in, you know, Andy, you're a, you're a nurse, right? Someone comes in and they've got a gunshot wound to right here, gut shot. You know, I'm, I'm a Western person, you know what I mean? And you're like, you look at them and you say, oh, my gosh, there's such an, a large amount of blood. we got to get rid of the blood. Bring me some alcohol to clean the blood. And you just sit there and clean blood and clean blood and clean blood. Wouldn't you wouldn't be. Because the issue was not the blood. It was the gunshot. It was the wound that was producing the blood. And see, that's how we so many times we deal. We deal with, with darkness. Now, I'm not saying sin, sin is sin is sin. We talked about the flies in the ointment last week, right? We talked about unjust balance. We talked about these things. And we have, we have darkened understanding if we're ignorant of divine things, if we're ignorant of the plan and the life of God, if we're ignorant of what we were called for and made for, we will settle for religious practices and call it light. And we will try to manage our death. We will wipe blood and wipe blood and wipe blood. And never deal with the shot. And so Moses comes in and he receives the law of God. and It is beautiful. But you know what is so amazing about the law of God, the instruction of God? It defines this so amazingly righteous God and how his righteousness is set up there. And then we go, okay, okay, I'm going to do this. Only to find that we can't. Only to find that we can't. And so we work harder. And so enter the sacrificial system. What was the sacrificial system for? To deal with what they couldn't do in the law, right? And second purpose, what was it? What was the reason for the sacrificial system? That was to deal with where they broke the law. What was the secondary reason for the sacrificial system? Yoga. Point us to the sacrifice. It was a dress rehearsal, morning and night, morning and night, morning and evening. It dealt with the sin of the nation, but it was dealing with darkened understanding. 
of who we were. So when Jesus comes and in him was what? According to John 1, 4. What? In him was life. And that life was the... And so he came to light a candle, did he not? He came to light a candle, but what was that candle supposed to do? It was supposed to illuminate, bring revelation into who we actually are. Not to, did it as a byproduct reveal sin? You betcha. You betcha. Because if we were made for sin, the light would never illuminate sin as some intruder. There would be no problem with sin if we were made for sin, but we're not made for sin. That's why all all the places in your life where sin remains, death also remains. Destruction also remains. Dysfunction also remains. It's just a fact of it. But when Jesus came, he came to light the light in our life, and he wanted that light to extend to every area of our life, every area of our life until the whole thing was illuminated. But instead, because darkness is just so convenient, John 3, men love it. It's convenient. Why? Because men love darkness rather than light. At least their deeds be made known. Because we've made it all about deeds. But if we turn the light on and we became lovers of the light, what would my deeds automatically be? Just asking. If I was a lover of the light and I turned the light on, what would my deeds be? They would be good. So the answer is not do good deeds to get light. It's get light to do good deeds. It's turn the light on. Invite the light. Invite the light. But we put it under a bushel and we hide out and we don't want anybody to see because we don't want it to be dealt with. I said this to several people this week. We don't know what we like. We like what we know. It's true. And I've had people say, I know what I like. I'm like, no, you don't. You like what you know. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. No dispute. He spoke to God face to face. However, he was the administrator of this covenant, right? And he was the, as the Bible calls him, the builder of the house. No, the, the um, house. No, the builder of the house is worth more. Anyway, I, yeah. So we have here Moses, but he is face to face with God. He knows God. It says that no one knew God like Moses did, right? So what we know in that there was access to God even before the law. See, that's what I'm saying. That's, that's, it's the, all he was doing, all that was doing, Deborah, was manifesting their darkness. I can't go up. I can't go up. I can't go up. No, 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 no. Men love darkness rather than light. But we're called to be a kingdom of priests. Screw that. You're like, Andrew, why do you use that language? To shock you. And what did the glory do, Jane? What did the glory do of Moses? What did the glory do of Moses? Faded! And Corinthians said, if the glory that came from Moses, a diminishing glory came with such glory that people said, cover it up! This is creeping me out. I can't stand the cover it up. So he covered up what was fading away. Paul says, how much more glorious is this one? The Holy Spirit who came down. Jesus came down the mountain of transfiguration. He sent his very spirit back. How much more glorious are those we receive the ministry of death, Randall, was glorious. 
we've covered this. Ministry of death. Moses comes down the mountain with the tablets. They've done the gold, they've done the deed, you know, the, the calf. Problem. They committed adultery on their wedding night. That's a problem, y'all. So Moses throws down the tablets of stone, symbolic. The covenant is broken. Moses goes back up the mountain, intercedes because God wants him to intercede. Because Moses knows God better than anybody on earth. He moves into that place of intercession because he ultimately, it is the Bible says the kindness of God that brings men to repentance. Not the repentance of man that brings God to kindness. We got to know this. If we don't, we're always going to be lighting a light and shunning it. And the Bible says to do what with the Holy Spirit? Don't, don't quench the Holy Spirit with your darkened under, with your obsessive, compulsive need to cling to your darkness because it's comfortable. And you don't know what you like. You like what you know. I'm saying more today than I maybe said in my life. If the ministry of, I, I nearly broke this, so I'm going to put it down. I get real passionate. <laughs> like those are the scenes that go in my head. and I, Y'all don't know how much I actually hold back. You don't know how much I actually hold back. Yeah, that was my first impulse was just to go, ah! and I'm like, Andrea, calm down. So just so those who think I don't have any filter, I just filtered and you didn't know it. So I'm just letting you know. It's a little bit, you know, I just because I saw glass shards going into Randall's eye. And, you know, so that's how that happened. See, that the whole thing got me distracted now. Oh, if the ministry of death came with the glory. Do you all understand what I just said there? If the ministry of death came with a certain glory, Moses coming down the mountain, it came with a glory. His face shone. There was a glory, right? It's called the ministry of death because when he came down and they had broken the commandments, Moses said, whoever's with me, gather to me. And all the Levites gathered with him. And then Moses said, go out and punish the people for what they've done. And they went out and the Bible says that how many were slain that day? 3,000. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, and they were gathered together in the upper room. See, come on, Randall. And they were gathered together in the upper room. And the new administrator of the covenant comes down. He comes down, not with tablets of stone to be broken, but he comes down with the new administration of the instruction of God. And he says that the fire set on each of them. The new Levitical priesthood is born, so to speak. Priesthood is born. And he doesn't just stop with external Stone tablets, the prophecy of Ezekiel is completely fulfilled. And he takes out the heart of stone. And he puts in a heart of flesh. And what does he write on it? His law. I don't have to have your to-do list. Friends, I am a to-do. Because it is to-done. And just, I'll go ahead and finish that for you. On the day of Pentecost, how many people were saved? The, the great apostle Paul, who was such a brilliant teacher of the law. And such a brilliant man of the Spirit. Could take that old covenant with his divine understanding and reorient it around the new day that we live they're not set in hostility to one another. It's not the Old Testament God and the New Testament God. It's just that we are seeing the various degrees of light coming into our understanding. We keep waiting for something to fall. It's already here. What prevents us from receiving it is our darkened understanding. A little bit more of the great Apostle Paul. In Romans 7, may I tell you right now, if you don't know what Romans 7 is, the latter part, then this, I'm not going to have time to read it. Just go figure it out. Romans 7, Paul is dealing with 
when I was understanding, I da 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 da, and the law, and the law came and it didn't show me that I was a coveter. And then it sounds like you're reading Dr. Seuss. Many people think that Romans 7 is Paul's daily walk at that time. It is not. You have to read the first part of chapter 7 to figure that out. He says this. Randall, you turn to Romans 7 right now? Would you do that? Turn to Romans 7. I feel like I have to prove this a little bit. Oh, that's all right. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> so I want you to read the part. Just start reading from the first verse now. Here we go, Scott. Chapter 7. Just start reading, and I'll just tell you when to stop. Know ye not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law. Okay, who are we talking to? Those that know the law. Those that know no, the law. No, 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 no. I want you to get this. Who's he talking to? Israel. I mean, we're here, but who's he talking to? Israel. Israel. He's talking to his audience of that day or those that knew the Israel. law. Israel. Jews. Yeah, the Jews. How that the law hath dominion over a man as long as he liveth. For the woman which hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband so as long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. So. That's right. Who you're married to. Just wishing he would die. That's, I'm just no. Go ahead. Keep reading. Well, I know, but it's all right. <laughs> okay. Um, wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law, brethren. Who's dead? The Jews. Who died? The man or the woman? The the man. The man. Okay, well, it, it says, For the woman which hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loose from the law of her husband. We're establishing precedent of how you get free from a husband. Something has to die. He has to die if you want to be free, wife. Right. So then, if while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from the law, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Oh, I'm glad we have this relationship. I don't like this marriage to the law. Oh, this is good. I mean, Robert, he is so good. <laughs> Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ. Who that died? ye, Christ, the law, did not the law, die. no, God, not die. That's what it says. That's what it says. We are dead to the law by the body of Christ. Dead to the law by the body of Christ. No. no. That ye should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. say most of you have never read that scripture right in here that's a little watchman knee for you you got to go back a little ways for that now oh and look at Randall up here. he's like oh so now what I've just done is I've just given you the who died where when did your death actually happen wait just a second huh when did it actually happen? When did it happen with you? Got it. What happened to the law? No. No. Gosh. You teachers get mad at your students? Come on. Give them some compassion. Yes. Yeah. 
we were married. Well, Paul is using that. Sin is not the problem. It's just not the problem. This is what the Holy Spirit's teaching me. And y'all can throw y'all can throw stones at me if you want to. I really don't care. I'm past caring at this point. I have you can throw whatever you want at me. I'm past caring at this point. The reason I'm past caring because I have done this job since I was 20 years old. Since I was 20, I'm 51. And do you think that I haven't been a learner in this process as well? And the need for revelation has become so acute in my life that I will stand before the Lord and tell him, take my theology, take my box of beliefs, take my traditions, take everything about me, but only in your presence completely strip everything away from me and you hand me back piece by piece the reality of what is true and not some version of what the merit system has taught me. And I'm telling you, do you know how hard that is? That one day it feels like I'm, an, I, I'm thinking with the old way because I just keep going back because I don't know what I like, Randall. I like what I know. And I just keep going back and I'll, and I'll hear it. I'll get in a situation that requires me to think like I used to think and I'll be right back there again. And I'll go, what are you doing that for? Because the light, the, Jesus is saying because when I light the light, there's a lot of darkened areas in your life. That you've got to be willing to have them illuminated. Because I love my darkness because the, the consequence of me being wrong. Jesus is the only one that did that. You, you try that. See, it's already done. See, again, you're like, you, what you said there. You said, I got to resist unto blood to sin. Oh, well, yeah, that's what, that's what, I'm not saying that's what you said, but that's what people heard. Am I, am I kidding or not? But who has? Who has? Where did he do that? That's what it's talking about. In the garden, sweat became his great drops of blood as he is submitting himself to the will of the Father. And that kind of perfection, what do I do? I die. I let the law kill me. That's what I'm doing. I'm letting the law. I come to the law, the adulterer, at, at his feet. And I have no other thing to happen to me but one thing, and what is it? stoned stoned I'm condemned I come through the avenue of the law and I see I let the law do its work on me and it kills me it convicts me that's what it means to be convicted I'm convicted I'm caught I see myself by the light of the law that's the glory of the law it convicts me and the glory of the law shines upon me, and I'm there, and I know I'm, I, am, I am caught in the act, and it's slaying me. I have no recourse. We can say whatever is a setup, I'm sure it was, but I don't know. I'm still convicted, aren't I? And the only one who is righteous enough to interact the law intercepts me. But he doesn't condone or congratulate sin. He declares me what? No, he didn't declare me guilty. He declared me. And that declaration of righteousness pierced me. And the light shone into my darkness for the first time. And in that, he did kill me. He killed me. 
and I got up by his revelation of righteousness. He declared me righteous because I married him and I took on his name. And I stood up. He put a ring on it. And he had the audacity then to say, go and. How could he possibly take an adulteress and make her sinless and holy in one fell swoop? He turned the light on. He slayed her and raised her up all in one motion. Gosh. And and she walked out holy. She still had, she was still clinging to as a half-dressed woman. Go and sin no more. Thank you. Go get some clothes on now. No works. But because, so her sin was dealt with, right? Because her fallenness. She was brought to the place of her fallenness. Her estrangement. And she was resurrected in his. So what is the remedy for the fallen man? Nope. We're going to keep working on this. What is the remedy? I'm just quoting New Testament to you. What is the remedy for the fallen man? The risen man. No result. Just him doing the work. She, do you all not see it there? The woman... Convicted, slain, resurrected, and holy. All in one motion. Through somebody turned the light on. Because in him was life. And how long did it take? How much was how long was the process? A man rotten doodling in the dust. Good night, y'all. Good night, Irene. Somebody turn the freaking light on. <laughs> and let's try, stop trying to cover it with our performanceism. I'm telling you, this the good news is better than you ever thought. Now, am I telling you, how many of y'all believe that woman went back and started turning tricks? How many of y'all believe that that woman went back and started turning tricks and she said, hey, Jesus said, I'm, he's cool with this. So, we've got to have some theology for this. And this is what we've lacked. Is there is an announcement of of. In him was life. There is an announcement of life that can become a light to a person who's living in distortion, which is sin. It's a distorted image of who you are. And a certain announcement of life, i.e., in this case, Jesus, can come in. And that certain announcement of life can be immediately, it travels at the speed of light. And it... And what's amazing about this is Jesus is doing this before the cross or the tomb. So we're back to the Lamb of God was slain from the... Yes. Yes, 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 yes. I don't... I'm not, yes, yes. I don't, I don't use that. I'm not trying to create a new theology. Yes. 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 But my point is here, everything you're saying I agree with, but give me the source for that. Source me. No, source me in yourself. I want your experience. What was the source for that? How did you walk in Christ after you were born again? So are you saying that there was a power working in you at some point in time that was greater than the power working around you? 
That's all my point is right there. The power inside. See, that's the missing ingredient we're talking about here. And then Paul goes on to say, because if I don't say this, then all, all that people hear, I know this, guys. I have been in this system for a long time. I was saved at 11 as I said the stupid, simple sinner's prayer. And I don't say it's stupid. I say it's stupid, simple, right? 11-year-old little girl grabbed the hand of a preacher, and I had an open vision of me being resurrected, raised up with the preacher to the top of the building, a building taller than this, and I'm floating there. I have no idea what's going on. I think everybody does this when they get saved. I don't know. Why do I know? I've never been in church. I thought if he would have told me this was going to happen, I might have jumped out of my pew sooner. I grabbed his hands, floated to the top of the building with him. When he said amen, I looked. This is no joke. I've told you. I looked down and I went and looked at him and backed away. Thank you. I did not know what happened. He came and talked to me afterward. He didn't mention the floating episode, so I didn't mention it either. You know what I'm saying? You know, you know, you know you're like, this might be swine. I didn't know those scriptures, but I just, smarts told me, don't mention to the Baptist preacher what you and him just did. He might want to talk to your parents, cause you all kind of trouble. You know what I'm talking about, right? So I just kept it to myself. I kept it, I was like Mary, I pondered that thing in my heart for years. I left there, and he told me I could talk to God just like I talked to a friend. Well, my friends talk back. He didn't tell me anything about any parameters. So I asked God things all the time, and he would tell me. Just I knew his voice. I mean, it turned on a voice in me, just like, Andrea, go to your grandmother's house and say this and do this and do this. Okay. Just like that. Because, see, I came from, I come from a drug addict's home. I was a chicken-fighting coon hunter. Chicken-fighting coon hunter. That's why I lived. I was, thank L.A. May Clampett. Like, I'm going to go swimming in the cement pond, y'all. I mean, you know, I mean, this is me. I mean, my dad's the guy who grows marijuana. I can get you that. I had gotten plenty of people that. You know, we didn't keep fruits and vegetables in our refrigerator, in the hydrators, you know what I'm talking about? It was Salem menthol 100s. Turns out they'll curb appetite just as much as food. Some people know what I'm talking about. It's how I was raised. Yeah, you know, if you smoke a cigarette, I'm just saying, you, you won't be hungry. That's how the things work. So I came in through this, and the Lord started telling me, the light came on. No one dealt with my sin. No one had to. I didn't know to read my Bible and to judge my life according to a rule book. No, I, you know, do you all understand what I'm saying? I didn't have that. And the things that the church called sin, I found out later on. I'm like, y'all got to get out and live a little. There's some real sin out there, I'm what I'm saying. And it's not hair and makeup. <laughs> anyway. There's some stuff make your hair curl out there. Y'all are worried about how you style your hair. Anyway. I, and then, you know what happened to me? No one ever, I never told that vision to anybody. Because I thought I was crazy. But it was cool, kind of crazy, because I could talk to God, and he would tell me what to do. I, my mom and dad could be in a knockdown dragout. When we had knockdown dragouts in our house, it wasn't mom and dad arguing. It was guns shooting. It was the refrigerator being emptied out and thrown on all the walls. It was my dad burning Louis Lamar books because my mother spent too much time reading. It was my dad burning an Afghan because my mother spent too much time crocheting and not taking care of him. It was my mother's face being beaten black and blue. It's too real for y'all. This is where I was raised. And you know what an 11-year-old girl found out she could do? I could go out in the Johnson grass. Johnson grass, tall grass, make me up. I would do this. I could kneel down just like that, and I would touch God and tell him, you've got to change this. 
you've got to fix this. You know why? Because I didn't get rules. I got an ascended life. I got a risenness that didn't need rules. Thank you very much. Oh, oh, I, I believe in the book. I believe in it so much I have lived my life to teach it. I would kneel down and I would say, God, because the light had been turned on. Turns out that's all God needs is just a little bit of light. And darkness doesn't know what to do with it. And I prayed, God, fix this. If you don't fix this, I would pray, God, kill me. Let me die today. Take me. But do not make me live in this hell. One more day. And something inside of me, I had learned this. I didn't know, I'd never heard anybody talk about praying through. I didn't have to be taught it, Randall. Something with a peace, something inside of me. 11, 12 years old, I went, oh, it's done. Everything inside of me would change, and I would know, and I could get up. This wasn't a formula. <sighs> Walk back into the house, and my mother would be cleaning, and my dad would be helping her. And what was hell would be completely reversed from a 12-year-old girl's who knew how to touch God with the light. This is true, y'all. And that light, I wasn't just luminescent. You know what I began to do? What light does. Fire doesn't just warm, right? It warms. But what does it also do? It sheds light. It can't help it. By its virtual, the property of what it is, it does what it does. That's all I'm saying, y'all. The virtual property of what I am, I do what I do. And so then when I began to go in that house, the warmth that was in me, the light that was in me, couldn't help but to shed light. And then an 11-year-old girl, 11, 12, 13, when I was 13 years old, the beginning of my seventh grade year, I came home and the light had shed and shed and shed so much and dealt with the darkness in my family that my dad could no longer live in the darkness. And he got saved. I came home from school, and my dad had pornography in a pile. He had bongs in a pile. He had marijuana and pipes and meth in a pile. He had tapes, you know, what was it? Credence Clearwater and Leonard Skinner. And you may say, there's nothing wrong with that. There is if that's what's feeding you in your old life. Let's not get hung up on rules. Let's let, let's let light shine. And he had all this stuff in a pile, all of this stuff in a pile. I came in in that green, ugly carpet in our living room because our house was trashy. It was trashy. You know why? Because my dad was trashy. Fact. Trashy. I lived in trash. And my dad let it happen because he loved darkness. But God knows how to bring light. And I all was in a pile. And I thought, ooh, I'm experienced here. Things are going down. It's getting crazy. You might as well escape to Granny's. Do something. Get clear. If you feel the need, you got to go change it in the Johnson grass, do so. But I don't know what's going on here. And my dad, there was something different about him. He was like, praise God. And I was like, I mean, I, I, that's how I was in my little mind. This wasn't, I thought he was taking his valuable possessions and moving out. He was moving his values. His values had shifted. His values had shifted, and he was moving out the possessions because they were no longer of any need to him. And he got it all out. And that trashy house that we lived in, I sat in the... I remember the day, y'all. I remember the day. This is why I preach like I preach, and I won't settle for any religious crap. I won't. If you don't like it, get somebody else. But it's not me. I remember sitting in my house when I was 14 years of age, sitting in a house that had a new roof, 
all the carpet had been ripped out and there was gleaming hardwood floors. Walls painted. New furniture. Just smelt like furniture polish. The cleanliness. I'm telling y'all, I love clean. You want to know why I hate dirty? Because I grew up dirty. And that's why I hate it. I was sitting there and I remember, I remember my posture of my body. I had my legs crossed and I had one foot on the coffee table in front of me. I was the only one home with a smell of liquid gold permeating in the air. The hardwood floors gleaming. I breathed in that smell of cleanliness. And I looked through that house, the craftsman-style house that my dad had completely redone. Because who knew there was an interior designer living in there? Hidden by darkness. Waiting for the light to reveal the life that he was called to. And it was beautiful. Everything redone. And I said, God... I can't believe you did all this. I just wanted you to quit. I just wanted you to get my dad to quit hitting my mom. He said, this is better. That was just a symptom. That wasn't a disease. And it has taken me this long to stand before you and to tell you. I have gone the route of disciplines. Because I thought that's what it had to take. That some people are just too stupid to get this the way I got it. I did. I thought some people are just not as smart as me, I guess. Not really, but sort of really. And I thought, I'm going to have to come back in and give and discipline them into this life. Only problem is, is that religion just drops you off a mile from the cross and tells you to hoof it the rest of the way. And you know what you do? You're hoofing it and hoofing it and hoofing it and hoofing it. And that person shows up when they're 90 years old, laying on their deathbed, Randall, and they say, I hope I've done enough to get in. That's not what. And so the Lord always brought me back to him. Like, Andrea, how did you get it? But as soon as I was saved in that Baptist church, they took me upstairs and they introduced me to the merit system. They did. And I'm thankful for my scripture memorization. Do you all understand what I'm saying? I'm thankful for all those things. I'm thankful, I'm thankful, I'm thankful. But somewhere along the way, when I'm praying to the Lord one day, because I'm still the person who can hear God. And I said, Jesus, I wish I would have lived at the time you lived. I just wish I could have been on earth with you and been one of your followers. You know what he told me? No. Oh, no. He must talk to you all different than he does me. He said, you, Andrea, you would have probably been in the Pharisee crowd. I was like, Jesus, that's a little real. Do you all think he's being mean? He said, but if you'll let me, I'll pull you over. I said, let's do this thing. He said, it's going to get hard, and you're not going to like it. And there's going to be a lot of beliefs that you have that are dearly held to you, and you think you like it, but you're not going to know what you like. Right now, you're just going to, you just know what you like. You don't know what you like. You just like what you know. He said, we're going to have to get rid of this old wineskin. He said, or you'll never like the new wine. Every time you taste it, you go, I know more than thou hast knowest. I know more than you. I've got this figured out because I've got da 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 I said, Lord, and he gave me a vision. Just mental stuff, you know what I mean? Picture of me being shipwrecked on an island. And the only thing that made it to that island, he was there and I was there. And my box of beliefs floated up. 
with this heavy chain around them of tradition. And he said, Andrea, we're going to unlock that. And we're going to sit down together. And we're going to go through it piece by piece. And we're going to lay it out on the sand. And I'm going to refine everything you think you know and you believe. And you're not going to be as concerned about your doctrinal certitude as you are your relationship with me. And, I'm, and believe me, I'm not saying that doctrine is not important. Don't, he, miss, don't, don't, don't put those things in there. I don't want to always have to step back on what I'm saying and come forward. That in his presence, it's safe place. And that he wants to ultimately light the light in my heart. And he wants to invite, we're going to talk about this next week, invite the light. We are going to invite the light. And you are going to out-holy the holy. You're going to love to stand before the word, as Deborah is talking about, and allow the word to search you. And allow the healing balm and allow the breath of God to blow away the things and cleanse you. And you're not going to argue doctrine because you don't need to. Because you know the one who is the author and the finisher of this thing called faith. We're dismissed.